Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Boy, it's great to be back with you folks as we continue our study in the book of Job chapter 3. So thankful for Stephanie and her giving her testimony uh, yesterday, not only of Charles dying and having to deal with that, losing all of her earthly goods. I mean, lost their whole household, their first new stove gone. She's had another new one since then. I want to share that with you. I've cooked yeah. on it. It's pretty good. I burnt the oven up. Yeah, but anyway... <laughs> That's a different story. Somebody had to break that oven in. It might as well have been me. That's right. Debbie and I That's were staying right. with her. I did something in that oven that caused some burning to go on. And But it's anyway, okay. so Job at this point, his friends are there. They hung out with him. He So we know God allows these things to happen. We saw that. We get to... Uh, we get to chapter two, you know, at the, by this point, he's lost his kinfolk. He's lost his kids, he's lost the farm. He's lost all that. And then he shows up. He's got these sores all over the body. He's scraping himself with a scraper. He, he's got stuff oozing out, which Stephanie got mad at yesterday morning. And then we cruise along and then Job opens his mouth. And what do we see? Depression. He's, he's questioning himself. You know, why was I born is basically, that's what I meant to, uh, uh, say yesterday's podcast was and and uh, I had that written in my Bible and I a lot of these things are from different commentaries so I can't uh, I'm trying to give credit where credit is due as we're going through this and and now we get to the point where I think this question is being asked on this 135th podcast on this Friday morning is why did I live why did I live and uh, I want to go ahead and go I was just telling Stephanie we were looking at this and we're in chapter three it's starting in verse 11 it says uh, why died I not from the womb? Why did I even live? Why did I die in the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Why didn't I die at birth? Why did the knees prevent me? Or why the breast that I should suck? For now, should I have lain still and been quiet? I should have slept. Then I've been at rest with kings and consuls of the earth, which built desolate places for themselves or with princes that had gold who filled their houses with silver, or as in hidden, untimely birth, I had not been as infants which never saw light. There were the wicked ceased from troubling, and there were the weary at west at rest. I said west. Man, sometimes I talk like that crazy Donald Duck. But anyway, here we go. There the prisoners rest together. They hear not the voice of the oppressor. The small and the great are there, and the servant is free from his master. Man, there's a lot going on, Stephanie. So here we are in chapter three, and he's, he's asking this question, why did I ever live? He's given these scenarios starting out, you know, why did I live at birth? Why, why, why did my mom feed me? Why didn't I just go away? Why am I not living on these different places? And he's bringing up a hundred different things here on why he... Why wasn't he stillborn? You know, why why couldn't he be resting in peace somewhere in good company with those people? And I think he's insinuating here, uh, you know, if I had died, I'd be with God right now. I'd be with the great and the small who are at rest, who are enjoying things. And some people use that term rest with God. I, I'll rest in peace or rest with God. I like the term enjoy your reward because to be dead is to be, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And the more we read about heaven, the more we read about things, we know that even now, 
that the dead in Christ are with him. And, and, uh, and he uses the word why. In nine speeches, he uses the word why 20 times in this book. And that word why, I was really looking it up, those whys, whys, whys. And Stephanie, you've had the whys in your life. Did you start asking these why questions? I mean, were they, were they part of what your being was? Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I don't know exactly everything. Obviously, I don't know what was going through Job's mind. But I know for me, um, I was saying, God, why was it Charles you took? Why didn't you take me? He was the better parent. He was the stabilizer. He was the one that kept the family on track and pulled together. And um, why, why didn't you, why didn't, you know, why did you keep those, those shells from coming through my window when they should have? And you let the ones that went through Charles window go through his window. And why were there bowls in my seat? And I wasn't shot and killed. Why, you know, just literally that list of whys still there are some, especially at night, if I'm tired and my brain goes down that trail, those whys will try to creep back up. And, um, I suspect that Job in a sense here was struggling with survivor's guilt. Boy, yeah, that, yeah, there's you know, a big not piece only of that. Yeah. Because, you know, he had lost, all of his children were killed. I think when I read, I, I'm seeing some kind of tornado. And, you know, we see, again, we see the whole book of Job. We know what was going on from a heavenly spiritual warfare perspective. Job didn't see that. He didn't know that. So from where Job's sitting, God, why did that tornado hit their house? Why didn't you let it hit mine and let them live? Um, you know, I, I can only imagine all of the all things those that things. were swirling in his head. You know, my kids are and, over here in this house, and why this one night am I not at their yeah. house, or why aren't they all at my house? Yeah. And yeah, those are those are some really good questions, and 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 you know the misery here, and and uh, you know when you long for death, I mean you're in a bad place, and yeah. he's longing for death here, Steph. I met a. I met a soldier one time. He's he's a Medal of Honor winner. His last name's Lemon. So if you were to look him up like a lemon, you pick on the tree. And he gave his testimony of earning the Medal of Honor. And he, he talked about, and, and it's it's probably the closest I can come to this, what's going on here with Joe. But he talked about retreating to West Virginia and living with his uncle. And he lived in a shed. He he would work for his uncle during the day and stuff, but he would come nowhere near the house, the road, other people. And his uncle would leave food and money for him and batteries for his radio. He had no indoor plumbing. He lived way out on the farm, way out back. And he carried a gun. He was afraid of everybody. People just stayed away from him. Well, he went on to tell this story that he came back. He never wanted to see another human being. And, he, and, and someone had asked him the question why we were out to supper. And uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, he was there to speak at an army conference I was. And I was always one of those guys who got picked to take people out to supper or something, you know, which is a, a pretty good deal, actually. And uh, I remember I said to him, you know, why didn't you want to see other people? And he looked at me and he said, exactly. And he said, the reason why was why. Why did I get to live? Why was I the one who gets to wear a medal of honor? Why am I the one who is a hero? Why am I the one who, 
uh, gets to stay here. And I mean, he brought up like 15 or 20 whys. You know, why did these guys live? Why did these other people I saved get to live? Why didn't someone else get to be this in the spotlight? You know, why did Nixon want to give me a Medal of Honor? And I mean, he he very profoundly brought up all these questions. And uh, and, he, and he told, and I think I may have mentioned this story to you, Stephanie, I'm not sure, but he, he told the story about how they had sent the West Virginia Army National Guard. He, they lived in a remote lo location in the middle of West Virginia, away from Charleston, away from any of the cities. And they had got a hold of his uncle and they flew in. He saw a helicopter, uh, a UH-1, a Huey, an old Huey like they had in Vietnam. He saw it come over the farm and he ran and got his gun and hid. He thought he was under attack. Well, anyway, this colonel and the pilot and whoever else, someone stayed with the helicopter, went to the uncle's house and told him they were looking for this lemon guy that they wanted to, uh, the president wanted to give him a medal of honor. And it literally happened over a couple of days before the uncle could get a hold of him and finally said, you have to do this. This is, you're doing this for the people who died. And I, he may have mentioned it, maybe someone else with a medal of honor. I may have the story wrong at this point, but I think his uncle was a World War II vet and had mentioned he had been through. So uh, Mr. Lemon had went there uh, to be with his uncle because his uncle understood, if that makes sense. Even though he didn't have a medal of honor, he had been there. He understood what was going on. Well, finally, they got Lemon back to Washington, D.C., and they put you, when you get a Medal of Honor, they actually put you on active duty orders for like a month to make appearances, to go get your Medal of Honor, to give you a new uniform, to, uh, you get a retirement check. You actually get $1,500 a month for the rest of your life is what it is now. You get medical insurance for the rest of your life and, and these different, and you get a stipend to uh, write things and to hand out coins and to speak for people. You get paid to do some of that stuff. I mean, you're one of the heroes that represents everybody who's ever served. And well, he gets to Washington D.C. and this this uh, uh, you know this first sergeant shows up or sergeant shows up to take him to get a haircut and a new uniform. He refuses. He said, "Listen, if Nixon's going to give me a Medal of Honor, if that president wants to give me one, he's going to give me one the way I look. This is who I am now." And he just goes through a litany of people where they have the a colonel show up and all these different people trying to talk him into going to barber to go to a barber shop and he's on active duty he's refusing to get a haircut he's refusing to get a new uniform and and they've got everything lined up that week so he looks perfect when he goes to see the president so every detail is perfect and finally. That this sergeant major comes into his room, yanks him off the bed, <laughs> drags him down the stairs, throws him in the car and says, you're getting a haircut and you're getting a new uniform. Uh, whether you like it or not, you represent all these and you're a testimony to them. And he said, he said, yes, sergeant major. <laughs> and he went and got his haircut <laughs> and he put the uniform on. But he stood there and said, I realized at that point that my burden was to represent the rest of them. And that's what I try to do every day. So I stand here in front of you. And he talked about the name of the, the battalion and the company that he was in. And that's what Job has got going here. And that's what uh, you went through, Stephanie. You're representing everybody. Uh, you're a trophy, whether you like it or not. You're a trophy of God's grace uh, to allow you to be in the ministry today. You're a trophy of God's grace to allow you to be on the radio today. You're a trophy of God's grace for those things and you represent them. And I don't think Job is at a point where he understands 
that his names are going to make the holy oracles of God, that his name is that 4,000 years later, people are going to be talking about him on a radio show. I, I don't think he's getting that. But I yeah. mean, when does the sense of, you know, he's like, why am I living? Did you deal with that? Why did I even live? Did you, did you go through why am I living phase? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, um, I don't know if you've ever watched, I'm sure you have, but it's a wonderful life. Oh yeah. And, um, the too many times by the way, but But, yeah, (laughs) but, um, George Bailey, you know, reaches that point of just wishing he was dead and wishing he had never existed. And, um, I'm not sure I ever would have ever been willing to admit that or verbalize that looking back there was definitely times especially in the midst of the flashbacks in the midst of waking up from nightmares where I was being shot over and over and over again and just you know those those dreams that just leave you insane feeling and saying god this makes no sense me even living makes absolutely no sense at all yeah and um then with that would come the survivor's guilt. And it's the devil knows when we're down. And um, what's interesting to me is even in the midst of this, Job never curses God. Yeah. He's depressed and he's at the end of his rope. He still never curses God and shakes his fist in God's face. He's And this other thing that's beautiful to me when I look at this passage is I remember the verse from Psalms where David says of God, for he knoweth our frame, and he remembereth that we are dust. Yeah. And I like to try to picture what it was like for God. I know that Jesus has wept for those that he loves, and I don't know um, everything that was involved in what was going on in this scene, but I have to think that the pre-incarnate Christ was watching Job, and part of his heart was weeping for him because here was the most perfect just man in the earth. Yeah. And God had allowed Satan to, I mean, from all Job could see, it was over. Life was over in every single realm of life. It was done. He was done. And God knew Job's frame. He knew that he was human and even when Job was at the was done and wishing, you know, it's what's sad to me is, you know, we have people now that go through trials and are going, they're depressed, they're done with life, they've been through horror, they've been through things that we don't even want to think about, much less talk about, and they stop coming to church because they can't bring themselves to come to church. They stop functioning in some ways what we would say is normal human beings because they just can't do it. And our first response is to say, they need to get their hearts right with God. They just need to focus. They just need to snap out of this. They just need to let that go and give it to God. And how dare we? That's not what God did to Job at the end of this chapter. That's what Eliphaz does to him. Yeah. Well, and and I think... I think we, we hit 20 through 26 now. I think this is a good point because it's it's aiming where you're going here. So if you go to verse 20, it says, Wherefore is yeah. light given to him that is in misery 
and life unto the bitter in soul, which long for death, but cometh not, and dig for it more than hid treasures, which rejoice exceedingly and glad when they can find the grave. Why is light given to a man whose way is hid, and whom God hath hedged in? For my scion cometh before I eat, and my roarings are poured out like the waters. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. So here we going back to what you were really talking about as we wrap up this chapter three here. Uh, I mean, he's going on and, you know, for him, I mean, he's really, he's sulking, man. He's in misery. And, uh, you know, he's, he's like, why do they give me light when I'm in misery? I just want to be curled up. You told me one of the first things you said to me, Stephanie, I don't know if you remember this. You told me I want to dig a hole, hop inside of it, curl up and cover myself up. You remember that? That's I remember feeling that way. Yes. Yeah. But here's Job and he, he what you lived, Job lived long before you know there's always somebody who's been through something more or been through what we've been through. And that's hard sometimes yeah. for especially for me to recognize when I'm going through a bad time. There's people who've been through more. There's people who've been through joke. And 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 I think that's what's happening here with him and uh, you know, why would we light this up? You know, I this guy is wanting to die. And, uh, you know, why is, uh, you know, he's going on, he's asking all these questions and I'm just summarizing them and I'm not a good summarizer. We'll come back to Stephanie in a minute, but why is light given to me that's hidden and that God has hedged on? Why, you know, he's asking these questions and, and, uh, uh, you know, I think there's a wonderful answer to some of these questions. I think, I think God's using Job, not only as an example to us here on earth, but to the angels for all eternity uh, to continue to teach him to, you know, uh, to make the wisest guy on earth, the guy who trusts God more than anything, even wiser. I think God did this so Job could continue to vindicate him before other men. I, that's just how I feel. I think, I think it's an example for everybody. I think it's an example across the board. And uh, he gave him life, you know, so he would understand life and have life more abundantly. One of the things is, Stephanie, when you wrote your book and, and you would come up with that name to die as gain, that, that verse that, that was Charles' favorite verse, one of your favorite verses, or maybe your favorite verse too, and, and uh, to die as gain and to, and to know it, you know, when you die as a Christian, as gain, you get heaven, you earn everything. But then to come up with that subtitle, and I kept on throwing these recommendations at you. But when we came to live life more abundantly, and we had just done that in a podcast, mm -hmm. we're talking about not only to live, but to live more abundantly. And uh, I think that's what comes from trials. I think if we come out the other end and we die, it's gain. But I think if we come out the other end and we get to live, oh my, what a life. We've got an opportunity to live. Now, Hezekiah prayed for more years, Stephanie, and he went bad. He went from being a good king or a great king to a knucklehead. And uh, so I don't know. I want to go back to you, Stephanie. And I just gave you a lot to ponder. And we just read those six verses. And I mean, you know, Job, I mean, he's all these things are going on. Why is there light on me? Why is this? Why do you think all this is going on with Job? I mean, and by the way, 
folks, the bad news, we got about 30 chapters to deal with stuff going on with Job. Uh, but I think we got to start here with the with a why for Stephanie. She's been through some of this stuff. So what would you say to somebody who's having a terrible trial right now? Well, I would say you don't you don't ever know what God is trying to do in the midst of your trial to bring more glory and honor to himself. And when I look at the why for Job's trial, it was totally about the fact that God was trying to receive glory to himself through Job. Yeah. And God received that glory because of Job's response. God didn't take away Job's free will, but God and Job had a close relationship and God knew he could trust Job with this trial. Yeah. And if God's taking you through something, don't look at it as, God hates me. He's turned my back on his back on me. And I've done something that's kind of, you know, if you feeling like I've brought this on myself and there's no sin in your life, you know, you've come before the Lord, you've humbled yourself before him. There's no sin there. That's the devil condemning you. That's not coming from the Holy spirit of God. And we go through trials. We go through things that God uses as close as Job was to God, by the time this was over, Job was even closer. Yeah. And God's ultimate goal is to receive glory through your life. And um, that's something that when Charles died, um, even though I did feel like God had was trying to punish me and he was angry with me and literally I felt like and I know it was coming from the devil but I felt like somehow I had I was responsible for Charles death like I was somehow his murderer and um I struggled with all of those guilt all of that guilt and all of those feelings and then the sleepless nights because of those things and um, just all of it combined and yet I remember just crying out to God and saying God all I want to do is honor and glorify you. And I'm not even sure what that is supposed to look like right now, but that's what I want this to be. And if that stays our heart, and I'm not trying to say I have had or have this thing figured out of dealing with trials, but I believe God, like he knows our frame. He remembers what, that we're destined. He can see our heart. Yeah. And our, our outward man may be in bad shape. It may be in bad shape emotionally, physically, and it may appear to be in bad shape spiritually, but God sees our hearts. And where your heart cry to God remains, God, I'm going to trust you no matter what. God sees that heart cry, and he sees you looking to him for help. And he is a God of love and of grace and of mercy. And he's the God of all comfort and keep looking to him for your strength. Keep yeah. looking to him because friends will fail you. Job's friends as we're going to find out failed him miserably. Oh man. They were knuckleheads. Yeah. Yes. We're and getting ready for Eliphaz. Be here Monday morning. <laughs> you don't want to miss old Eliphaz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's going to wax eloquent with everything yeah. he knows. And you know, we're going to have friends, 
Miss Judges, um, you know, Doug's here to tell you just last night we were having a talk about this and how sometimes the people we love the most. Yeah. Yeah. Will treat us the worst and yeah. will judge us and you can go, God, why? I don't understand this. I'm trying to follow you. I'm trying to obey you. And people that I thought knew me the best, people that I thought we were the best of friends or we were the closest, they might let you down. But you have a God who will never change. And he won't. God always brings someone in our lives to be that representation of him. And um, I am so thankful for, um, you know, for Doug and for you and Debbie and for the Hicks and for my parents. And there's people who I know I can trust. And if you need someone you can trust, if you need someone to reach out to for help, give us a call. We will do our best to help you and not because of us, not because we're experts. Oh, maybe we'll get someone to help you because we're getting a little full. Exactly. But we have people we train. Yeah. Exactly. There is someone out there who wants to help you and wants to love you and wants to show you the love of Christ. And And we want to do that. Yeah. Yes, and Job is such an example to me of someone who, yes, he went through depression. Yes, he went through being done, and he was human. It was totally normal for him to come to that point, but he never lost his faith in God, and in the end, we'll find out that God rewarded his faithfulness, and he rewarded Job's humility, and that's what it's about is just staying faithful and keeping that trust in who God is. You bet. And folks, wrapping this puppy up, I just want to say this. Uh, We went through a lot of stuff this week. We went through things like, you know, Job talking to his friends show up. Why did I live? Why am I still living? Why am I still here? Why can't I just die? These are questions some of you may ask, and God's using you, my friends. Let this trial, whatever it is in you, you're either coming in a trial, you're in the middle of a trial, you're coming out of a trial. They're out there. They're real. Listen, God can help you through them. Give us a shout. Maybe stop by and see us on Helpful Wounded Spirits or uh, our personal pages, or maybe just give us a shout out somehow. I don't know, but uh, we'd love to talk to you. May God bless you. May you have a great week. And we're looking forward to learning about Eliphaz next Monday morning. I'm already getting my notes ready for that. We'll be back together next Monday morning as we are every Monday through Friday. May God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.